everybody and welcome to the novel universe with your hosts Dawn and Ashley and today we will be recording live and we will be doing our spoiler free and spoiler review of Bone Crier's Moon by Catherine Purdy. Ashley will be calling in any second. Um, she has entered the studio and she's calling in right now. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you doing? You know, I'm really enjoying this coronacation over here. How are you? Starting <laughs> <laughs> to be a little muddy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You got a higher suite. That's how we have to roll here. I may have binge watched a couple of shows, but hey, that's all right. <laughs> I haven't been watched anything but Tiger King. Yeah, I definitely binge watched the newest um, Nailed It series because cause you can. Cause why yeah. not? <laughs> All right. So we are going to do a cold open for the first time. Um, we used to do this back when the Rejector of Romance was on the pod with us. Um, we haven't done it in a while, but we're going to bring it back for today, hopefully again. But today we are going to rank YA heroines. And Ashley is gonna read the criteria. And then the first six, I think, seven, it is a combined ranking. So Ashley and I agreed. And then the top five are ones we did on our own. And we don't know how we rank them. So it will be a surprise for you and me. Yeah, this is gonna be good. <laughs> Okay, so our criteria is that each of these heroines are focused on their mission versus their bay. Um, mm -hmm. And there is no damsels in distresses in this book. No. Rating. No. Mm -mm. We, we ain't playing that game. These are some badass heroines. That's how we're <laughs> ranking them. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Not trying to be subjective. Okay, so our lowest ranking, we have Alina from Shadow and Bone. In their 12th yes. box. Do we want to talk about why or? Um, honestly. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's been a while. So I'm kind of like, she was memorable, but not as memorable as I guess my particular top five characters. So maybe we'll go into our top five as to why we thought that they were uh, okay. important for this role here. Well, we can say a couple um, things why not but i honestly don't remember alina enough so that's probably why she's on the bottom she it's been a yeah. while since that series so that's why she's on the bottom is because we don't remember yeah <laughs> she was forgettable i mean uh -huh. hey she was she was so in our 11th spot we have america from the selection series now i feel that america started off really strong like she goes into this selection to basically gain money for her family to have her become in a higher class system but she does fall into that damsel in distress like she lets the prince kind of take care of her so for my opinion that's why she would be on the bottom another thing i hated about america is that <laughs> couldn't make up her mind and that was I remember that being in the first book she kept going back and forth between the prince and the other guy I can't remember their names 
But that really got on my nerves. And, mm-hmm. and then at some point, the book came all about the guy and not the revolution. And I didn't like that by book three. So. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, okay, in our t- 10th spot, we have Blue from the Raven Boys series. Um, she started off like extremely well, even in her own personal book from that series is amazing. Um, but still, in my opinion, not, not enough to be our top one. No, I think part of it is not her fault. Like she was never the star of the show, even mm-hmm. in her own book. I think the boys were the star of the show. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, she was a good character. I liked her, but yeah. But no girl. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> so in our ninth spot, we have Sophia from the reader series. Um, Sophia, I really enjoyed her character in the first two books. But by the time we got to the third book, I was kind of like, um, I don't, I didn't feel like she was reaching for her stars anymore. I felt like she was just trying to find a lost piece of something that is not going to be found. And when that revelation hit, it just wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, I would definitely say she was on a mission, but at the same time, she was trying to save Archer or Arthur. Mm-hmm. I don't um, yeah. So that kind of got a little old, but I agree. The first two books were great. The third one was still good, but she didn't shine in the third book. No, no. she lost some of her light, unfortunately. That's why she's yeah. down there. <laughs> um, and I think I'd have to say the same about Katniss and the Hunger Games. So she's in her eighth spot um, because, yet again, she just lost a lot of her her fire um, into the third book. I mean, she's going through some major PTSD struggles from the Hunger Games, and that's really weighing on her as a heroine. Um, yeah, she just lost a lot of her fire, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I mean, fortunately, <laughs> that's yeah, I don't have nothing to add to that. Yeah. Okay. So seventh, we have Cassie from the Dance of Thieves series. Um, yet again, she was a girl on a mission. She set out what she needed to do. Um, but yet it just wasn't, in my opinion, I don't think it was the greatest moment in her life to succeed when she succeeded. Try not to give a whole bunch of spoilers into each of these series, but, yeah. um, you know, she's still madly in love with this guy, uh-huh. you know. So. And another, another thing about her is like in the first book, you know, she was vowed to the queen and on mm-hmm. her mission with the queen. And then I don't mind a hate to love relationship. I thought I always enjoy that. And I thought it was done well. But another one of her missions was to find what happened to her mom. So by the time mm-hmm. you get to book two, it's kind of an afterthought because Jace is all yeah. in the forefront, which, eh, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. And so then in fifth, no, sixth place, we have Cleo from the um, Falling Kingdoms series. Now, Cleo, Princess Cleo, basically like, this girl has been through the ringer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's lost her home, her title, her family. Like, 
and has literally just been sought after, beaten, come back again, and whatever. Um, but yet again, I still, in my opinion, in that series, I feel like Lucia, who is the sorceress in that series, I feel like she starts to outshine Cleo once we get more towards the end of that series. Are you freaking kidding um, me, man? Mm-hmm. No, nope, that's how I feel. Oh God, I <laughs> Lucia, I hated her so much. If we were ranking the most hated heroines, she would be at like number two. She was horrible. <laughs> she was horrible. I, I know, like, but yet I was still like, mm, this girl, what is she doing? But anyway. <laughs> what I like um, about Cleo is that Magnus is a hot ass mess. He is in love with his sister. He is trying to seek approval from his father. And she has to do something with this guy because she's stuck with him. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. she does a really good job of making him into the man that he is. And, you know, one could say, why does she got to do that? But, I mean, I like the two of them together a lot. And I think that's oh, what yeah, we, no. her. we put her pretty high because just because she was... She would make a really good queen. We're not going to say if she becomes queen by the end of the series, mostly because no, I forgot, even though I read yeah. all the way through. But <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. It's okay. Um, okay, so for number five, well, wait, this wait, is wait. Yeah. for all of us, we, we don't know. I uh-huh. and Don's not going to agree with me. <laughs> Um, I, I think I know. Go ahead. From the Winners uh, Curse uh, Trilogy. Okay. I just, um, she's like, yet again, starts off so, so well. Um, you know, she's just in the thick of like the fact that Arnon like no longer like loves her. And so it's like, she cares more about her empire. <sighs> you know, just, I... I, uh, yeah, I have to put her at five, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, uh, my number five is Selena from Throne of Glass. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I put, her, I put her number five because in several of the books, she's really erratic and makes awful decisions to the cost of lots of people to the point where Kale was scared of her and disgusted by her. Like, and I know she had PTSD and I know she had problems, but it was just a little too much of that. And also I didn't like how she was always a step ahead of everybody else. Like, um, at some point it's like, yeah, that's not realistic anymore. Even though this is a fantasy, don't get me wrong. She is number five. I like Selena a lot, but I do think she had more issues than the other ladies on my list. So, okay, well, <laughs> I don't agree. I think Crystal had some major issues, but whatever, that's okay. okay. That's why I'm ranking them, right? Okay, so number four, um, I had Helene from the Ember and the Ashes series. So I just. Okay, so Helene's, like, story, okay, it starts to come out more in the second book, correct? Like, The Torch Against the Night, which is where yeah. you learn, like, you know, more about her as the blood strike and the sacrifices that she's having to make and yada, yada, yada. But she is just, 
she is absolutely amazing in the fact that she just puts on her big girl pants. That's just how I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's, you know, she's trying to find a way to push back the darkness and save, you know, the empire and sister's life, like all of these things. Um, But I don't think that she's a bad, a, a bad heroine. Absolutely not. Like, no, she's just not my absolute favorite. Cool. But All I don't right. have like anything super negative to say about her. No, for sure. She's so great. Who was your number four? My number four was Kestrel. Um, okay. when, I, when I started ranking, I really had to start thinking about because it was starting to get really difficult. And so I had mm-hmm. to like decide what makes her more or less better than other characters. So I think I like Kestrel the most because all these other ladies on this list are fighters and Kestrel used her mind to outwit everybody. And I think that's why she stands out. She outsmarted everybody. And it wasn't like it came out of nowhere. Like her father was a general and his whole job was to strategize and win wars. And he taught her how to do that. And I mm-hmm. thought that she did a great job. I think she, um, especially in the third book, she got beat down all the way down and had to start over from the beginning. And I thought that she did that well and that she prevailed pretty well towards the end of the book. Did I love book three? No, it had its problems, but <laughs> I still think Kestrel, Kestrel is one of my favorite, obviously, hairs. I love her. I, I just love her. So that's my number four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so for number three, I had... Uh, Manon from the Throne of Glass series. Um, yeah, so she was number three for me because this woman is absolutely amazing. I mean, she literally comes from this bloodthirsty, like, witch's line, and she has to learn the difference between what um, true, like, queenhood looks like Um, And just being honest with herself and honest with the people around her her, who are not supposed to, like, know um, how to work as as a unit. Like, it's all this, like, bloodlust. And she actually comes to find out what true sacrifice means. All whilst, like, she's she's got a man in the background, you know, but that man is not controlling her movements. She controls her own destiny and who she is. Um, So, for me, I would have to put her as number three. Okay. Well, my number three is Helene from Ember and Ashes. And I agree with everything you said. And the only thing I'm going to add on to that is I felt like Helene was in an awful position because she was blood strike and she had to be the second in command from an awful person, Marcus. And not only Marcus, but also the commandant. And she's a good person. So she had to find a balance of, you know, preserving herself and her sister but at the mm-hmm. same time going against them. And I thought that she balanced that well. And at the same time, she has this guy that she's in love with, but she can't, she does not sacrifice, you know, her mission for her bay. She's just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You can't do this right now. I need to focus. And I, I love Helene way better than Leah. I don't know if you noticed that Leah, mm-hmm. Leah, whatever the hell her name is, is not on our list because she's no, a piece she's of she's not it. worth it. She's not worth no. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, she is not. Oh, okay, that's my number three. Okay. <laughs> I, I think, love it. I like, think, yeah, I think we swapped it. I think we swapped her. Go ahead. We might have. Okay, so my number two is Leah from Kiss of Deception. And I had to really, I had to really, really, really think about it. Yeah. Um, because 
Kiss of Deception is one of those series that just, it came out of nowhere and the flawlessness of it was one to be applauded. So like Pearson did a really, really good job with this series. There was so much growth in all of the characters that went through. And then even into her next series, like she just continues this flawless story, right? But Leah is just this super duper like badass woman that just she is oh my gosh yeah I I, I can't even like put it into words I just think that she's just, like it's just amazing and her um that moment of triumph at the end of the beauty and the darkness is just like oh my goodness what's that one quote because I looked it up you are strong. You're stronger than your pain. You're stronger than your grief. You're stronger than them. And she forces herself to her feet again. Like, oh, wow. that's great. Hello. Hello. Yeah, great. Just, just stop. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and her cool. like rape series is like, well, their whole love story in general, because it's not, um, it's not your ideal, like happy ending at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought it was well done. Well, I might as well talk about it with you. I'm not going to say yeah. where I ranked it, but mm-hmm. just because you're talking about it now, um, one of the reasons why I had her at one of the top two on my list is um, she had conviction from the very beginning. Like she, not conviction, but she had a mission from the very beginning and she set that out. Even though she had two men vying for her attention, it was never about them. The only time she used the men was she used Caden because she needed to stay alive. And so if that meant oh, absolutely. adding yeah. some eyelashes at him, well, damn it, she was going to do it. And exactly. I thought that Mary Pearson wrote that effectively. I thought mm-hmm. that Leah had, like, in book one, where she has to, where she, like, buries her brother. And she's just like, I'm going to bury all these soldiers and I'm going to do it by myself. And I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that With was- With like, her bare cool. hands. Yes. She did it with her bare hands. Yeah. Like, it's just like, are you serious? Everyone's watching and they can't help but help her. Because it's yeah. like, this is the most humane thing to be doing. And why are we not wanting to also, like, show our human kindness? Like, just to have, like, good morals and what that actually looks like in the face of war, right? Yeah. Because she's with, you know, the other people this time. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, and also in book three that I thought was kind of interesting is that I felt like the gender roles switched a little bit. At some point, she was kind of using Ray for his body, and he was like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that Marie Pearson put that in there, but once again, she was on a mission. Her mission is to kill the Komazar. She was mm-hmm. sympathetic to his people. Even in the second series, you know, she, like, takes Kazi from nothing, and it's like, I want you to be a part of my, you know, army or whatever it was um so you know she would take care of all these other people that needed help um but at the same time she could tell who were the people who needed to be defeated she was never a damsel she did all on her own she did have help Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with help but yeah so yes I like Leah a lot too (laughs) I know what your number one is and you're gonna know what my number one is I know (laughs) I know I'm, I'm, my number two, I'm still a number two, is Manon, Maynon. Okay. I put her Manon. as number two. Um, everything you said, I totally agree. Um, 
book three, I believe, is where she is just like, we meet her and she's just like got blood running from her. Mm -hmm. what, what was her teeth made out of? Steel or? Iron. Iron teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they were the iron, yeah. the iron mm -hmm. teeth. Um, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything for people, but I feel like if you have not read Throne of Glass by now, what is wrong with you? So mm -hmm. one thing I will add. You will find yourself in one of the characters in that book. One thing I will and add about that I liked mm -hmm. a lot about her was that, like I said, in book three, she is like killing people and she's got blood coming from her iron teeth. She's a very strong heroine. She does not show weakness. But in the last book, she shows some vulnerability and she gets her heart broken. And that was the one time where she was vulnerable and she allowed herself to be. And I think that showed incredible growth on her part. And towards the end, she also suffered a lot of losses in the end of the book. But, you know, just every decision she made was great. She was a great, I, I liked her better than Selena. If, you know, I would read a series about her, just her. She was, she was a really good character. She yeah, no, and I, think, I think, I think that that's awesome because like, so coming from a front of class lovers, like, thing right here like I'm absolutely in love with the series um mm -hmm. I have found that there are like people who are like die hard like Selena Aileen like rooters and then there is like the whole like man and tribe because both of them are such different heroines in and of themselves and it's like they're they're the whole entire character development of each of them it's just astounding to me because like it takes a lot for an author to have a complete 360 character growth. Right. Yeah. So that's what's that. That's what makes you like love a hero or a heroine in a story. Yeah. It's because you're like, Oh, they've come full circle. They're not just like invisible. They actually are screwed up messes, but then how do they pick themselves up out of that mess or deal with a trial that has come into their their way so so I'm assuming that your number one was Leah yep she was my number one okay yeah so my number one is Aileen from Throne of Glass series yeah um I mean we we have already touched on that a lot but I just feel like Aileen is such a a twistedly vulnerable like brat of a character when you first meet her because she doesn't know what's going to happen, but yet she does know, like she's always like one hundredth of a step ahead of everyone else. And it's always like, what is going on in her brain? And so the fact that she um, can literally plan like 600 steps, like in advance is mind boggling to me. But then there comes a point where, she reaches her limit and like has no other um, card to pull out of her pocket, right? I mean, it's when she's literally being tortured and chained up and she's trying to figure out if she's gonna just sacrifice herself and kill herself. But like, there, there's just no other way to go around this. Like she has nothing left to pull through, mm -hmm. you know? And then she's able to, um, but it's not without you know, her learning from her weaknesses and her insecurities and realizing that she needs to allow people into her life to be able to just hold her up just like everyone else in 
in the human world, like you need someone to, to boost you up. You need someone to help shoulder your burdens. Like you're not supposed to do this life alone. So for me, my number one would be her. I could see that. But that, that's just for me personally. I mean, Leah, yeah. she is also way up there, you know? Um, so yeah, this was an exciting, uh, yeah. Little, oh, uh, little list here. I liked it. <laughs> All right. So now we are going to do our spoiler free review of Bone Crier's Moon first, and then we'll go into our spoiler edition. And I will say when we are going to go into the spoiler edition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get started. We usually start with what we like. Uh, no, what we didn't like. First. Yeah. Do you do we want to do a synopsis of it or no? Yeah, we probably should. Okay. So well, I'm just gonna read it off of Goodreads here. Okay. Just because in that way. Um everyone. So this is a new YE series by Catherine Purdy. Right? Did I say her name right? Purdy? Yeah. Yeah, that's all um, <laughs> so Bone criers have a sacred duty. They alone can keep the dead from preying on the living, but their power to ferry the spirits of the dead into the goddess Alara's night heavens or uh, Turis's underworld. That I say it in right. Yeah, comes from sacrifice. The gods demand a promise of dedication, and the pro- that promise comes at the cost of the bone criers one true love. Um. Elise has prepared since birth to become the matriarch of the bone criers, a mysterious female of women who use strengths drawn from animal bones to ferry dead souls. But first she must complete her rite of passage and kill the boy she is also destined to love. Bastian's father was slain by a bone crier and he has been seeking revenge ever since. And yet when he finally captures one, his vengeance will have to wait. I'm sorry, I messed up her name the first time. It's Aless. <laughs> Aless's ritual has begun, and now their fates are intertwined in life and in death. Sabine has never had the stomach for the bone crier's work, but when her best friend, Aless, is taken captive, Sabine will do whatever it takes to save her, even if it means defying their traditions and their matriarch to break the bond between Aless and Bastian before they all die. My God. <sighs> Yeah, I personally have this thing where if your book synopsis is that freaking long, something is wrong with your book. Just saying. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. way too long. So Ashley and I do not know what, at least I don't know how she thinks. I kind of rated it on Goodreads, not knowing she was going to read it. So I don't know if you saw my rating. Um, I did, but I did not read anything of what you said. Okay. <laughs> so do we want to say what we rated it or do we want to go into the review? I never remember there how are- we we can go into our um I can tell you my, my rating and then we can go off of what we did not like <laughs> and go into what we liked. Um so I actually rated it a two and a half. Wow. I thought you were gonna freaking love this book. I was like, Ashley is gonna no. love it. No, I, I feel better. Okay. No, I, I had it between two and a half and a three. I still I can't I cannot give it a three. I was talking to my husband about it the other day and I was like, I'm becoming so much more critical of books that I read. <laughs> I got to the end of the book. I was like, you've got to be joking. That Those were my words out loud. <laughs> no, no. 
Okay. Stay tuned, you guys. You're in for a rough ride here. Oh, it's going to be rough. I gave it a two. I gave it a two. And yeah, it's going to be rough. It's okay. It's going to be rough. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead with the first thing you did not like? It's your standard doomed romance. Standard okay. doomed romance, like to a T. Okay. Like that was my spoil. first thing that I wrote down. I was like, anything because sometimes we actually nope. spoil stuff so you don't want to do that nope i'm not gonna say anything else it's just a standard doom romance um and i just i i, I was able to map everything out and it's like but why mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i did not well which what is one of yours that you did not like from that way we can, um you know go back and forth here well, i didn't have what you had uh, so I, I will start with the okay. characters. Okay. Um, so like my very first dislike was Sabine. Um, mm -hmm. she was whiny and insecure and her growth was a little too obvious. She yes. made that girl such a loser that she had nowhere but to grow. And yep. I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah no, that was I didn't about Sabine. I actually, yeah, I did not like Sabine. I did not um, like the matriarch. She was just a terrible, a terrible villain. Um, yeah, agreed. It wasn't good. It, that, I literally was like, come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, my next thing that I had a problem with was the world building. Like, you just, all of a sudden you're just in a place and you don't really know. Like, it's just, you're just like, all of a sudden you're on a bridge. And then you're in the ocean, maybe. And then you're in, like, the woods, maybe. And then you're in the town. Like, it was just very, I don't, I did not like the world. That's what I'm going to say. I did not well, like um, I didn't like Alice. I did not like her mom. I did not like Gastion. Gastion. Bastion, Bastion, not Gastion. Bastion. We we listened to the audiobook and the author, the narrator, every time said his name. So the names were Alice, Sabine, Bastion. And I'm like, uh -huh. really? Now we're gonna Gaston. put an accent on Bastion. Yeah. Um, I thought that there were too many battles. I felt well, let's go back to the world building, what you were saying. I actually did not mind the world. I thought the world was actually, at least the idea of it was the star of the show. I had never read anything like that. So to me, it was different. And I thought that stood out. Mm -hmm. Now, the pacing, the pacing was bananas. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that that's why I didn't like the world because like the, this whole idea of like what a bone crier is, Okay, like in the fact that like they gain their strength from animal bones and like it's all in this like big circle of sacrifice that they believe with what they're doing is good, but it's actually affecting people negatively and they don't understand that. You know, like that whole yeah. thing is is great, right? But I just feel like there were so many plot holes with it, right? Because you have something that starts off really well or it could be taken well. And then it just kind of falls off to the wayside and then somehow it comes back up again and you're like, what? what? I, don't, I don't understand. That was my other thing. Like this whole, 
Yeah, I just like, for example, their whole but like their Amory, which is supposed to be like their true love. Uh-huh. Like, that just was not explained well, at all. I had that at, too. At all. I had that too. I was like, <laughs> I don't under like, I understand why you don't why they shouldn't be getting involved with men because that could be a, you know, like a conflict or like, you're paying too much, you're paying too much attention to this guy over here and not doing your job. So I can see it from that standpoint. But why do they have to kill them? I didn't get that at all. I know. Okay. And I don't know why killing animals, I thought the whole killing the animals and taking their whole strength thing was kind of cool, but it's it's kind of a disconnect. Like why, why Mm -hmm. do you kill animals to get like, what is the connection between killing animals and ferrying the dead? I'm not quite sure I get it. And then killing yeah. men, I don't quite understand why. So yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And my other issue that I have with this book is the fact that, like, there were some unnatural power surges between some of the female characters. Like, when they're not supposed to have power, and all of a sudden they do. And that's not explained. Like, again, another plot hole. Like, how, what, what? Can you explain without spoiling? Because I don't know what you're talking about. I need an example. Um, so when, so this is not going to spoil, but when a bone crier's um, bones are removed, so their they're grace bones is what they're called, supposedly mm-hmm. when those are taken off of them, right, they start to diminish oh. in their power. Right? Okay, yeah. So there is a moment where one of the main characters has been without her grace bones for quite a significant amount of time. And she just somehow is able to overcome things. That's the best that I can give. And I'm like, she ain't got her bones. She ain't got the light of the moon. I don't understand. How did she just be able to do that? Like, there were just some... I, it, it didn't make any sense. That's what I mean. Plot hole. Again, like, uh, what? why? How is she able to do that? She should not be able to do that. And then it wasn't explained at all. It just happened. Okay. I think I missed that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But there were moments where I was kind of going in and out a little bit. And so there were there were definitely moments where I missed significant stuff. So that was probably one of them. Yeah. Oh, girl. We'll talk about it in spoiler. Don't yeah. Worry. Um, um, I think- that there were too many battles, very long, stupid battles that kind of sacrificed for story. She sacrificed uh-huh. the, the character development and her world for these battles that I could give a shit about. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. That no, was a huge I did thing. not. Yeah. Um, another thing that I had, um, it was too predictable in a yes. lot of areas. Way too, like, and I don't usually do that because I don't like to spoil a book for myself, but I'm like, hey, you come, come on. Okay, so that's <laughs> going to happen. X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Oh, there it is. Called it. Two pages yeah. later. Like, um, I wasn't surprised. There was no surprise to the story other than the uniqueness of what a bone crier is. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Not even stretching it. Okay. <laughs> Um, one of my deal breakers is this book had two of them. One is Insta Love. So that was a huge star drop. 
the other star yeah. drop was there were a couple of instances of Deus Ex Machina, and I cannot forgive that. So, and I'll get into that in the spoiler edition, but Sabine in particular did not do anything by herself. Mm -hmm. She was yeah. supposed to show growth, but her growth was because someone was helping her the entire time. Yep. And it was a Deus Ex Machina. That's all I'll say. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then another dislike, I hated the ending because why yeah. it was predictable, <laughs> you know, like it's like, it makes me not want, and there's supposed to be another book. It's supposed to be a sequel. Um, and it's like, but you already know what's going to happen or you yeah. can pretty well guess how that story is going to end. Right. And then there's just, there's characters that just show up out of nowhere and there's no explanation as to why. They're just somehow a part of the story and we're all okay with that. We're supposed to all be okay with that. Um, and I didn't, yeah, no, I didn't like it. I did have like a couple of likes. They're very loose likes. <laughs> I already said what my like was. I, I like the idea of it, but I do not think that this author was a good enough writer to execute it. I think she had a solid idea and it was kind of original, but I just don't think she's a good enough writer to execute this book that she tried to do. So I like the lore. I like the whole, you know, we, I, I'm, even though you have to kill animals to help with their strength, I don't see the connection between faring the dead, but oh, okay, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I can go with that. I like that. I kind of like that it was all women and they had to have daughters to keep the family business going. I like that they couldn't fall in love, why they had to kill the guy, not sure, but okay, you know. Mm -hmm. So I liked yeah. the idea of it, just the execution was just, and that's the only thing I liked about the book. <laughs> um, I did like, this is also a like and a dislike. Um, I liked the idea of having a sprinkle of like this French language in it. Thought that mm -hmm. that was nice. But it was literally just a sprinkle because all of a sudden you're just like, okay, why are we speaking French now? I don't want to understand. But it's nice, but I don't get it. Okay. Um, and I did very loosely enjoy the sisterhood, um, like bond between Sabine um, and Aless. Like just their, you know, just, just that they're bond in general. You could tell that they were very well bonded. And if you're like a boat cryer, like having this bond with your unbiological sisters, right? Like mm -hmm. it's really important because there's no one else in their family except the moms and the daughters. And there's yeah. only supposed to be what one daughter per yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, but yet again, very loose. Um, and I didn't like the supporting characters. <laughs> There were some great characters. Oh, Jewel and the brother. Jewel what was his name? And and her brother. Um, I don't We're remember. His name is Mark. Whatever. We'll call him that. Mark. Okay. We can call him that. That's okay. <laughs> I didn't like him. Didn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. That's all I have to say, non spoiler. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get into the spoiler edition of The Bone Crier's Moon by Catherine Purdy in five, four, three, two, one. All right. 
Okay, so my first spoiler is Sabine. What the fuck? Is this correct? Did she just have some bird like leading her and then she's like, hey bird, what do you want from me? Oh, hey bird, is this where you want me to go? Hey bird, is this sword that's under this rock what you want me to use? Hey bird, like, are you freaking kidding me with this bird? It was a total He came and saved her the whole time. I know, I know. And then it just, she just had like a change of character once her, you know, once the left is taken, right? Like then she's all of a sudden like, ooh, now I'm going to have to get all my grace bones, even though I don't want to kill anyone, right? The yeah. whole entire premise of the book is Sabine does not like the, this aspect of killing. She's a bone crier. She literally has to kill something to attain her grace bones and to become a fairy of the dead, right? They're supposed to kill three sorts of animals, gain enough power to be able to ferry the dead. I don't understand why she was weird about killing things when she's not supposed to be weird about it. And then they don't they they, they don't talk about it. And then this owl is literally um what's her name? Alara no no the um Alara's night like so apparently the owl is supposed to represent Alara. Like Alara guiding her, the good guiding her, the white owl thing. Yes, it's supposed. Okay, that's supposed to be what's guiding her, right? Okay. But the fact that she just accepted, like, oh, the owl says to do this. Oh, it doesn't look very happy right now. Maybe I should not do that. Okay, owl. Like, what are you talking about? You know, just this weird. Like, and why does it choose her? Why does the owl now all of a sudden just decide to help her? Exactly. No. We don't know. Sabine um, is worthless. She's worthless. And she, if you expect yeah. me to believe that she grows in the end because an owl tells her what to do, no, that's not yeah. how that works. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Um, I had a problem with Bastion. Because, first of all, I did not like the person who narrated for, for him. Oh, I liked his voice. Oh, because I think because I had it on, like, speed read. Because then okay. that way you can read through it faster. He was like, <laughs> Like, he just sounded angry the whole entire time. Which That's is your fault. I know. I know. So I was like, oh my God, stop talking. Like, I, I couldn't do it, you know. Um, and the fact is, like, he's in love with his best friend, Jewel, from, like, ever ago. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have kissed her, but I did it anyway. But I did it anyway. I just, I can't resist myself when it comes to her. I need to just not look at her. And then all of a sudden, he just falls in love with Alas, even though they're not, um, like, that's not her, oh, Emery. It's not the mm-hmm. real the real guy. The real guy is the prince from the palace who just shows up in the last like four chapters. Yeah. And you're like, who's this cat guy? <laughs> like, out of nowhere. They don't talk about the fact that they're being ruled by a kingdom at all. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. What was that? I just want to say the world was terrible. Like you had more in the realm of like the bone criers realm and like what they were doing, and then in, like, the slums of this French city. That's it. I didn't know that it was ruled by a kingdom. Didn't know that the king was dying, either. Didn't know that he only had one son, like, to literally the last chapter. It's like, oh, my dad's dying, and oh, 
you're going to prove that you love me. We're going to give this a shot because I know we only have one year. And like their whole, so like the bone criers are apparently like this like super superstitious realm of women, right? Like no one knows their secrets as to why they do things, why they need this special bone of a jackal, like all this stuff, right? And all of a sudden there's books all over the place. Okay, <laughs> like when she gets captured, Alex and Bastion's friend, we're gonna call him Mark because I cannot remember his main name to save my life, which is really sad. Um, he's like, Oh yeah, I've been reading about your kind for some time. And she's like, What do you mean? No one's written down anything in your realm. I like just Yeah. <laughs> okay so let me go back to the whole bastion and i think her name is jewel it is jewel because so, it's jewel jewel yeah. that's how, <laughs> how we say it <laughs> jewel <laughs> so i actually didn't hate what she was trying to do purdy was trying to do with the whole love triangle thing i think she was trying to set that up and so i didn't see it as he was in love with his best friend i see it as it was a moment of weakness he kissed her and now she is in love with him, but he doesn't think of her that way anymore, but he keeps having these little weaknesses, which I think is human because she's the only woman that he's around. Okay. And she is kind of like batting her eyelashes at him because she likes him. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So I thought the, their first chapters were really set up pretty well, but I don't think that Purdy executed that love triangle at all. Like there should have been a little mm -hmm. bit of jealousy or, I mean, if he was not in love with Jewel, but in love with Alice for some reason, even though she's a Mary Sue, that's another bad thing. She's a Mary Sue. Then, okay, but you got to develop that a little bit better. And I don't think Purdy did a good enough job with that. Um, yeah, no, I disagree. Whole, I mean, sorry, I agree. <laughs> yeah. The whole captain thing coming in the end, once again, with another author that another author would have seamlessly have written the whole there's a kingdom and he, the king is dying and oh psych bastion really isn't her whatever it's called um it's really this this crown prince over here like another author would have woven that in well and then it would have been yeah. a major twist and he's like hey i know i got a year we got to, you know, then that could have been set up a great setup for book two and Bastion has to come back and, oh, he's not really her, whatever it's called. And he really isn't going to die at the end. Like that could have been a whole good setup, but her execution was just bad. It's no, it, it was it's terrible. Not, like she, she, how to write the book. I know. And that's, what's terrible is that like, she had a good uh, idea as to like what type of story she wanted to tell. It just was poorly executed and unfortunately you can see that she's not as well versed in her writing at all because it's no. just like kind of thrown together and I just I I don't want to read that other people no. don't want to read that but if you are going more towards like the younger YA meaning like a 13 14 year old like maybe they don't care about the fact that that's not woven super well together Mm -hmm. but I don't I don't know I just I agree and I I I had a problem with um the whole like matriarch thing okay like so like Alessa's mom like she somehow defied the gods and had two lovers one was her Emery 
but her true Anne-Marie was this other guy because she actually loved him. I don't understand that. Like, how was she able to defy the gods balanced and was able to have two loves? Well, Alyssa's setting up for that. Yeah, but they still took two deaths, right? Because she lost both of her guys. She killed the first one right away. And the second one came around and she like had a full like year with him or whatever. And, you know, then he died as well. But she's been trying to raise him back from the dead to sacrifice her first daughter because she didn't really love her. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. So that's another plot hole. Like, how was she able to have another lover? And Mm -hmm. once again, Purdy didn't set that up well. She also didn't set up. And this is what I had on my list. Like, the relationship was not set up, was not developed between the mom and Alyssa at all. So when... When Alyssa's captured in the first time, she's about to get saved by her mom and all her mom wants is that little bone thing or whatever from the jackal or whatever, that or whatever. She just like mm-hmm. throws it to me and leaves her. But because Purdy didn't set up that contentious relationship between the two of them, I could, I didn't care. It was anticlimactic. And she's all sad yeah. and depressed. And I want, I mean, that is a legit conflict mother daughter Mm -hmm. conflict are legitimate and she should have developed that a lot more so that now Mm -hmm. when she's trying to sacrifice her own daughter for to to get back the man that she loves like that is a legit plot you can have Mm -hmm. that plot say she's going to sacrifice her daughter because she's a villain she's going to sacrifice her daughter to bring back this love that she has okay great but you also have to show the conflict between her and her daughter you can't just like, you know, mm-hmm. you have a couple of pages and that's it. Well, and so that's something that I also had an issue with because, I mean, not only do you have that poorly written conflict, which is supposed to be like a really strong conflict for a book, right? This whole mother-daughter like struggle yeah. and like not loving the, the child because they actually love the husband, whatever. But the fact that um, Sabine just became okay with the fact that the matriarch was her mom, like, oh, I just have to accept this now. And, and oh, like the matriarchs always looked at me and never criticized me. And, but she's criticized her own daughter. Like, it's just like this weird revelation for like one chapter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she's following her mom around like, oh, how come she has all these other grace bones? The other matriarchs don't have that. That's something that I didn't understand either. They're only supposed to have three. Right? And somehow this the queen has five and then she has like a hidden bone necklace that doesn't do anything. So we know. So we think. I don't know. Another plot hole. I don't understand that. And when Aleste battles her mom, that's what I mean by this unnatural power surge because she's like trying to ferry the dead, right? Like she's opened up the gate to Teresa's like um, like hell, basically, right? To properly ferry the dead into whether they go somewhere, you know, heaven or hell is basically what it is. Yeah. So she's like fighting all of these chained ones and she doesn't have her grace bones or she doesn't have like the appropriate knife and she's just also like strong to be able to do it. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, that I'm once again I missed that. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. I don't get it. And and the, the ending 
with this book, it, the fact that like, you know, Bastian's recovering. How in the world did he just somehow come back to life when he was dead, like dead on the ferry? Like, I don't, I don't get that. He had no breath. All of a sudden he searches back to life. And now they're repairing him. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we said it, but I mean, if you are listening to this, then you read the book. But Sabine, did we say that Sabine is? Yeah, we did. That Sabine is her daughter from the other guy who's in love with. Yeah, and so she wants Sabine because she loved her father and didn't. She need. I don't know. I'm guessing that maybe the grand, the matriarch, had all these powers because she was like praying to this god. What was his name? Tristan? I don't know. Um, uh, Truce or whatever? Whatever. Right. She was like praying to him and so maybe he was giving her powers? I I don't know. I don't know. And I, I thought it was really stupid that the, the, the grandma, I don't know her name either, she's like, the mom, not the grandma, she's like, I need the bone of the jackal. And then two chapters later, oh, Sabine finds it under a rock because the owls told her where it was. And she's just oh, like, cool, I got it. I'm like, oh my God, no. That is not how that works. I just hated I all of that. All of that painting was just bad. Yep. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. Like, I did like the fact that, you know, they, they, like I said, there was a good effort. Yeah. It was, a, it, was, it was a good effort, but it was not executed well. And like you were telling me like, oh, I'm feeling you're going to like this book, Ashley. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on? I don't well, I don't like what's happening. Why? You, you know? You said it yourself. <laughs> you're becoming a lot more critical. And how is I supposed to know that? I was <laughs> You didn't used to be this critical, so I thought you were going to like it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and I think it's because of when you start, when you read more and you read more things that are along the same supposed genre or type of book, it's like, mm, you didn't do that good. No, I read this story and it could have been done better. Yeah. So... You're going to run into that as you read more adult fantasy and adult science fiction. You're going to be like, hmm, this YA book that I'm reading right now is garbage. How come this adult book is so much better? Like, yeah, because I, you know, I just finished a book by V. Schwab. And although I didn't like love it to bait to pieces, the writing going from um, The Chosen Ones by Veronica Roth to V. Schwab was just like, whoa. B. Schwab mm -hmm. writes circles around Veronica Roth, even though they're both mm -hmm. adult, adult fiction. It's like, ugh. Yeah, mm -hmm. when you do that like back to back and you see like the differences in writing style, it's a little jarring. <laughs> I'm not going to say what almost like culture. Yeah, no, it's like cultural shock, to be honest, because you're like, oh, you know, but I'm glad we read it. I mean, it's something new that came out. It's if you want to read it, go ahead, but you have been warned. <laughs> well, we spoiled it already, so. You know. You, you don't hear it. We told you everything. Yeah, don't read it. Don't do it. I'm just, All right. I don't well, even know if I can, yeah. Um, 
I guess the next one we're going to do is chosen ones. How far are you into that one? Um, I'm, thinking I'm 100 pages in. So yeah, okay. we'll definitely do chosen ones or Crave by Tracy Wolf. Oh, man. Girl, if you gave that book a three, and that book is big as hell, Ashley. I know. Oh, my God. I'll just have to wait and see. Can I just, like, read 50 pages and be, like, negatory? I'm scared. So I have to probably read it in like five hours. Oh, I don't read that fast. Yes, you can. Uh, I believe in you. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. All right. So the next it it will be chosen ones because you're gonna finish um chosen ones before I finish crave. Like that's gonna happen. So oh absolutely, more than likely, which is okay. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And then we're also going to be reading Fable by Adrienne uh, Young. Right? That's her name. Yeah. What else has she written? Adrienne her name Young. is familiar. Adrienne Young? Adrienne Young. I feel like she, did she write that title series? Or is that not her? Do you know what I'm talking about? The title series? No. Mm. Well, she wrote oh no she wrote the sky in the deep that's oh, what she wrote sorry okay okay sky i actually like the sky in the deep so i'm hoping yeah. that she's a good writer because i actually like that book so she did she did hate to love really good hate to love romance so mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah so we're gonna we're gonna be talking about those and during our quarantine here you have to just have to keep listening on in <laughs> yeah All right. Well, thank you for joining us and we will catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.